This is a Chippewa Valley Geek Podcast with the Blues Review Special Bulletin Podcast. Just try something else, okay? Look, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Oh, hello. Didn't see you there. Hi, folks. This is Brian. Welcome back to The Geek. This is a special bulletin breaking from the usual format at the moment because I had three announcements here which literally could not wait for the next monthly episode to drop. So since time is a factor, let's go ahead and get into it. First up... I am pretty proud and excited and thrilled and all sorts of other funky stuff, woo, to be joining the 2013 RPG Podcasters Charity Drive. I'm joining some great casts out here. Saving the Game, the Happy Jack Podcast, Metagamers Anonymous, the Sharkbone Podcast, and of course Postcards from the Dungeon, which is one of my favorites and is among my inspirations here for starting the geek. And we are all coming together. Each podcast is picking their own charity, and we are... Having a fundraiser through the holiday season, the collective goal is to reach $3,000. And there is some competition here for bragging rights amongst us as well for whoever can get the most contributions for our charity. Just to let you know also, the extra exciting thing is that we are not only competing for bragging rights. A number of RPG publishers have also decided to contribute to the project with some great prize support, including Drive-Thru RPG, Silver Griffin Games, Evil Hat Productions, Margaret Weiss Productions, Atlas Games, some great companies there, uh, PDFs, store credit, and also guest appearances by members of those companies, which is extremely exciting. I cannot tell you how exciting that is. If I told you how exciting that is to me right now we'd probably get an explicit rating out on itunes and i'm not going to do that so we will talk about that in a little bit but first i want to say the charity that i am fundraising for is the feed my people food bank here in eau claire wisconsin i'm really happy to be working with them they're servicing all of west central wisconsin dealing with hunger there's a 14 county area But rather than listening to me prattle on about it, I went ahead and I talked with them earlier this week. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Hold on. So I'm speaking now with Sarah Nemec, the Community Engagement Coordinator for the Feed My People Food Bank. And I guess just to start off, could you possibly just give me sort of a high-level overview of the food bank, what you do and what the mission is there? Uh, Sure. Um, Well, Feed My People Food Bank supports local pantries, community meal programs and shelters here in West Central Wisconsin. Uh, We have a 14-county area that uh, we work with, and the rest of Wisconsin is divided up between our uh, sister food banks, so nobody gets left out. We work with over a 100 different hunger relief agencies within uh, these 14 counties, and we just help supply the, the pantries and different hunger relief programs and, and keep them supplied with the food and personal care products that they need. Now, how prevalent is the problem in the area? It seems to be something that not a lot of people really talk about that much or that often. 
Right. Um, hunger can be a difficult thing to talk about. Um, there's definitely a certain stigma about talking about struggling with hunger. Um, and hunger looks different than what most people think of. When most people think of a hungry person, uh, generally you think of someone, you know, with a, a swollen tummy from Africa. But that's not what it generally looks like here in the States. Here in Wisconsin, one out of nine people are what we call food insecure, and that means that there are times that they won't know where their next meal is coming from. You know, that, that might not be an everyday thing, but toward the end of the month, they might be uh, short on, on money or, or short on their benefits, and then they have to kind of try to look for where that next meal is coming from. Also, within West Central Wisconsin, um, over 40% of the children uh, going to school um, qualify for the federal free and reduced lunch program. So uh, hunger is a little bit bigger of a problem than I think many people realize. And you there at the food bank, you actually work with the schools? Um, well, we do something here at the food bank called uh, weekend kids meals. We work within the Eau Claire Area School District and also the Chippewa Falls School District. And our volunteers help us pack bags for children. And uh, they have a, two breakfasts, two lunches, and two pieces of fresh fruit in them for the kids to have on the weekend. So then they're ready to go on Monday and, and to be able you know, to concentrate. You can't really concentrate on your studies if you're hungry. And we have partner programs also throughout our 14-county region that also uh, do backpack programs uh, like Weekend Kids Meals. Can you also tell me a little bit about the, uh, the food rescue program I was reading about on the website? Oh, sure. Uh, food rescue is a, a pretty neat thing that food banks are getting into all over the country, and uh, Feed My People um, also does as well. Um, and it's basically where uh, grocers and um, different places, uh, Quick Trip is a, a great example, um, the different grocery stores in town, uh, Walmart and Sam's Club, um, just to name a few, will take things that are getting close to date on their shelves and instead of uh, throwing them away, um, as traditionally would have been done to make room for new stock, um, instead they take the good things and we pick them up and then we are able to distribute them to our hunger relief programs. So kind of a, a neat statistic from 2012, um, with just the Walmarts here in the area and the, the fan clubs as well, um, we were able to rescue over a million pounds of fresh fruit and vegetables. So that's, that's a pretty alarming thought to think of all of that good food that just would have been wasted otherwise. And that's a pretty common thing throughout the country as far as food waste goes. Um, so that's something that food banks are trying to tap into um, and save otherwise good food and try to redistribute it to those who need it. So where exactly do donations go then? What sort of impact do that people donate have? Uh, well, people who donate, um, whether they donate their time or money or food, um, uh, definitely runs this organization. Um, as far as financial donations, Feed My People runs on donations, and that's how our, our programs are able um, to serve people. Um, we primarily are, are funded through do donations from the community. And as far as what we can do with a dollar, um, we're able to distribute um, about five meals. Um, or if you are, well, another way to look at it is if you're a hunger relief program, for every dollar 
that you have, that's about $10 worth of food here at Feed My People. So we're just a, a very, very low-cost way for um, shelters and uh, different agencies to, to get food. Um, also, uh, as far as volunteerism, we have um, just a, a great need at Feed My People um, for volunteers. They do everything from office work to helping us drive our trucks, helping us repack bulk food, like we'll get big things of cereal and uh, big things of pasta, that kind of thing, and they'll help us pack it down into a smaller size so we can distribute that to a pantry. Um, a pantry obviously can't do anything with a, a thing of bulk cereal that's like 400 pounds of cereal. <laughs> but if we repack it down into smaller sizes, they can distribute that to families. So yeah, <laughs> you name it, we can use it. Um, another thing that people don't always un uh, realize is that we also take personal care products as well. And I, I mean, I had a, an opportunity a year or so ago to volunteer there at the site doing exactly that, repacking the food. Oh, very and, cool. And if someone wanted to do that, do more than just, you know, a monetary donation, how would they go about contacting you to go on site to volunteer to help out for a day? Sure. Um, well, everything is online. Um, or you can contact me here at the food bank. Uh, the number is 715-835-9415, and my extension is 101. Um, so if you are interested in doing that, you just get a hold of me, and we can talk about um, what kind of opportunities there are and what kind of things you're looking for as well. With hunger, I was thinking, is there any sort of seasonality to it? Do you see any peaks or ebbs to the programs and how much you need at any given point? Sure. Um, well, I mean, the need is year-round. Although with winter uh, coming around the corner, there are always problems as, as far as heating bills, um, you know, uh, car not running as, as efficiently because it's colder out. Um, so, you know, that there can be expenses like that, um, that if you're already looking to uh, try to stretch your dollar and, and um, you're struggling to put food on the table, that can make things more difficult. And I mean, it's the same in the summer. Um, when you have a, a hot summer like we did, um, you know, your uh, electricity bills um, will be higher again because you're trying to cool yourself down. So things like that. Also summer, um, if you're a family um, with younger children, that's a time when suddenly you may have to pay for child care um, and also pay uh, more for meals a, a child would be having at school uh, because your school is out. So that's um, something that people don't always understand either about the, the summer can um, be uh, difficult for families that are already struggling. All right, so you, you gave your contact information. We also have the website if anybody wants to find out any more information. That's www.fmpfoodbank.org. Thank you for coming on and talking about it and giving us more information. All right, thank you very much. No problem, I appreciate your time. You know what, I am going to come out and say one other thing that uh, we didn't really get into in that conversation. The thing is, if you're in my target audience, uh, mostly gamers, comic book geeks, generalized geeks, the odds are good. There's maybe a 60-70% chance that if you are in that demographic that, you know, there's no real delicate way to put this, so I'm just going to come out and say it. You could stand uh, to cut back on the food budget a little bit, especially this holiday season. Hey, you know, I'm not going to be throwing stones here. I'm right there with you. I look down. You know, you look down. You know who you are. I'm looking down. I know who I am. I'm living in a glass house, and I'm showering in the basement because nobody needs to see that.
But you know what? The next couple months, when you go to your game sessions, just cut back on that junk food budget. Set a little bit of that money aside, and let's help give it to people who are less fortunate. Now, this website where you can come out and contribute is razoo.com slash team slash RPG 2013. You can see me out there, the other five podcasts with their charities. You know, you can contribute to any of them. I'll still like you. I maybe won't like you as much if you don't contribute to me, but uh, come on out, join us. Now, also, just to make you aware, Razoo does take a cut of the contributions. I think it's around 3%, which, as I understand it, is basically just to cover their, basically their PayPal and their credit card costs, their processing fees, so they're not making a profit off it. But fair warning, that is going to happen. And the money doesn't come to us. It goes directly to the charity when you process it through Razu. So, yes, you can do it with a credit card. You can do it with PayPal. Contribute. It'll go directly to the charity through Razu. We don't touch it. The website where you can check out the Feed My People Food Bank is www.fmpfoodbank.org. And read more about it. And knowing is half the battle. Also, now with the that swag, what I would like to do is try to... Uh, help redistribute some of that back to the listeners that are the ones contributing to help me in case I we are lucky enough to come out on top. So what I would like you to do, if you are contributing to the Feed My People food bank for the Chippewa Valley Geeks cause, when you contribute, you're going to get a confirmation email. Go ahead and forward that to me at brian at chippewavalleygeek.com. You know what? If you want to be a little bit anonymous about it, you can go ahead and zero out the dollar amount that you sent but, you know, don't be that guy that sends a dime just to get it in. Textbook definition of that guy, and that's what it's all about. Don't do that. But go ahead and send me that. Forward me the receipt at that email, brian at chippewaleggeek.com. And what I would like to do, in case we are, like I said, lucky enough to come out on top, I'd like to have a drawing after the fact to distribute some of that back to the listeners that sent that in. Lastly, Drive RPG did contribute some coupon codes here that you are getting just for listening to me prattle on about this for as long as you have. So get out a pencil. There are three coupon codes. The first code is WW2013LA. That'll get you 20% off White Wolf eBooks at DriveThroughFiction.com. The second code is 20FR2013, and that'll get you 20% off FR Press eBooks from DriveThroughRPG.com. And go ahead and use the code 20AE2013. That'll get you 20% off Archaea Entertainment Digital Comics and RPGs over at drivethroughcomics.com. Thanks to the companies that are offering the prize support for supporting this great cause. Thanks for the other podcasters for starting this and giving me the opportunity to get involved. And thank you for the listeners. And please, please go out and give and do the right thing. All right, so let's move on. Second announcement, this one time at Bandcamp, the geek made some music. Yeah, I went there. Okay. So, some of you may have noticed, or not as the case may be, that most of the podcast dates have ended with a little bonus track kind of tucked in at the end, like Secret Track on that Nirvana album from the 90s and many other albums that occurred before the days of digital downloads. Ruined that, but um, I've been asked 
uh, on a couple of occasions if people can get those on their own without having to listen to an hour and a half of gaming talk beforehand, and now you can. So The Geek is out on Bandcamp. What you want to do is get yourself over to brianhoffman.bandcamp.com. You'll find a digital album available for download songs from The Geek, uh, or you can just get uh, the individual tracks. It's got the bonus tracks out there. It's got the theme songs per track uh, cost 50 cents. There's also, you can save a bit if you want to get the whole album. What I'm going to do basically in future months, I'm just going to go out there at the same time the podcast itself goes up there. If there's a bonus track on it, I'm just going to add that to the album as well. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to keep doing that, honestly. I never thought I would get this far, so I'm going to give myself permission in future, if necessary, to miss a month without feeling the need to commit a ritual gory suicide. But, uh, you know, it's a good thing while it's going. Some of those are pretty great i think some of those I'd, I'd like to have back and do a little more work on but to quote a man who told me he was quoting leonardo da vinci art is never really finished it's only abandoned no i don't know how much more viable that is if i found out he was actually quoting leonardo dicaprio but you know what it is what it is anyway moving right along on to the next now the last announcement that we have for you is that I got in touch with a game designer here who actually has roots in the Eau Claire area, or at least his wife does, I think he said, which is close enough. And he is running a Kickstarter, which is in the waning hours as this episode drops. So by all means, there's a link in the show notes. Go out, check it out. You know, I've also got links to everything. But the thing about the Kickstarter link is it's too long for me to to describe right now. So go ahead and check the link in the show notes. Go ahead and click on it, and if you can contribute, go ahead and get out there and do it as soon as possible. I think there's only a few days left on this, so please. But I am really excited. This looks like a gorgeous thing. So I talked to game designer Mark Plemons a little earlier this week about the project, and so let's listen to that now. I'm speaking right now with Mark Clemens, the creator of the Corporea Kickstarter. So I guess to start off, you just want to give me a brief overview of well, what Corporea is? Sure. Uh, Corporea is a tabletop role-playing game that I'm funding on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it focuses on uh, near future with a megacorporate-dominated city, where the Knights of the Roundtable return. Um, Unfortunately, when they return, it also brings magic back with them. So these reincarnated knights are not only having to deal with corporations, but also corporations that want to try and control magic for their own uses and magic that's starting to leak into the city and um, mutate people, bring monsters in from other realities and cause all sorts of havoc. Uh, that's the core of the setting. I call it Knights in Shining Armani. Now, uh, when I first heard about this, uh, you mentioned basically the, um, the return of the Knights of the Round Table. At first, I, I thought that was sort of a figurative thing, but the concept is actually the literal reincarnation of them. <laughs> yes. Right? There are, you can also play <clears throat> um, any of the knights in Arthur's court. Um, according to the legends, there are, I want to say, about six different knightly orders in Arthur's court. There's the round table, there's the old table, which was formed by his father, there's the 
the Knights of the Watch, there are the Queen's Knights, um, there's the Table of Less Valued Knights, uh, if you really want to get uh, creative. Um, so Arthur's court could have had anywhere from like 50 to hundreds um, of knights. So there's no danger of running out of ideas if you want to play a reincarnated knight. The background to the game has Lancelot being reincarnated as the CEO for a major corporation. Uh, I, I guess first off, is it which particular corporation? I presume that's part of the background story of the game. Yes. Uh, the company is called Valiant, spelled uh, V-A-L-Y-A-N-T. Um, it went through a few name changes before I settled on that one. Um, <clears throat> It's a conglomerate, so it has a lot of different holdings, like most corporations. But it also has a private security company as part of its organizational structure. Um, and that is called the Watchman Security Company. And when the head of the <clears throat> corporation wakes up one morning and realizes he suddenly has all the memories of Lancelot that he is in fact, the reincarnated Sir Lancelot, he forms a secret division called the Night Watch, which operates under the auspices of the Watchman and can use their authority to get things done, but they're sort of outside the books. And is uh, Arthur anywhere to be found in that, or is that sort of a, a story spoiler in the game to reveal that? Or? Yeah, Arthur is in the Game Mastery chapter, his whereabouts are part of a optional meta plot. I have six adventures in the Game Mastery chapter, and his whereabouts um, is part of uh, two of them. Now, just going through, there is uh, in the Kickstarter, there's a preview of some of the work in the game already. That's uh, about 18 pages, and it's very striking, especially the art in here. And I know you've been talking a lot about the choice to use mostly photos instead of illustrations, which certainly makes sense. It sort of um, ties it in a lot better, I think, to the real-world setting. Uh, but also I was struck by the decision to use magazine layouts and uh, you mentioned travel guides in here. Where did that inspiration come from? Oh, I, I, I can't target it back to any particular source other than just my own creativity. Um, it just, idea just came to me um, one day. I thought, oh, let's, uh, let's just do this. You know, it's, we uh, have a section about the city. Let's design it like a tourist guide. The section on magic spells is designed like a corporate report detailing their researches into the arcane. Um, that sort of thing. I, I can't I can't track that back to any specific inspiration off the top of my head. Now, uh, looking at the mechanics, you have a, a big section in here about that. It, it's primarily a point by system. What can you tell me about uh, how the, how the mechanics work or the gameplay itself? Uh, well, <clears throat> character creation, yeah, is point by. I took sort of an idea from C.J. Carella's Witchcraft. Um, you have three options to choose from with different point spreads. There's touched, gifted, and fluxed. And the touched characters have strong core values and skills 
but no supernatural abilities. And the Flux characters have less points to put into core values and skills, but they have a lot of points to put into supernatural. And then the gifted characters are sort of in the middle. Um, there are 13 archetypes. There's 10 modern character types, and then there are three supernatural ones. There's the Knight Errant, the Sorcerer, and the Witcher. And you can combine any of the supernatural ones with the modern ones. So you might have a Knight Errant suit or a Sorcerer badge or <clears throat> various combinations. Um, each character has traits. They have three public and one private trait. And those are personality traits, which you can make up yourself, although I also provide a few pages of sample traits that you can roll based on your astrological symbol um, or pick those out. I say what archetypes are more closely related with uh, signs. So like suits and headhunters, I believe, are they're closely Scorpio and a couple others. And when traits come up in the game, like say you're, um, let's say you're a shy character, just off the top of my head, and your character is in a situation where he has to either go along with being shy or really fight against that shyness. Um, <clears throat> the director, which is what I call the game master, can like tempt you into really going with one of your personality traits by saying, "Hey, I'll give you I'll give you some flux points um, to you know go with this," and you can say, "No, no, no, I don't I don't really want to do that." Um, or if you see a situation that you think would be good for one of your traits, you can say, "Hey, I think this would be really good for my traits. Uh, why don't you?" Uh, you know, once you give you some flux points, and you can sort of barter back and forth. And earning flux points lets you spend them on like modifiers to your roles and that sort of thing. And whenever you use flux points, you can actually also gain extra points that you can use for permanent character improvements. So that's the basics of characters. Um, combat, I tried to make the rules fairly intuitive. Um, each character has six core values, strength, deftness, metal, wits, knowledge, and magic, and then a variety of skills. There's generally uh, at least two skills related to a core value. Their knowledge has a few more because of all the options that you have. It has lots of humanities, sub-skills, and knowledge um, Humanity subskills and science subskills. And then the magic core value also has skill discipline subskills. So even if you can't cast spells, you can still purchase magic skills and <clears throat> know about the magic, even if you can't physically cast the spell. Uh, am I correct in my reading that uh, there's two different types of magic in the system? Yes, uh, there's sorcery and witchcraft. The main difference is that witchcraft is more focused on mental abilities and nature um, and life, 
whereas sorcery spells are focused on force and power and transformation, manipulating technology. So even if you are not a spellcaster, you still might want to put points into magic because the more points you have in it, the better you are at resisting it. And like I was saying, um, you can also put points into magic to know about magic, even if you can't actually cast a spell. Um, and when you make an ability check, you combine a core value and a skill, but you get to pick what core value and skill you combine based on the situation. So if you want to influence someone, for instance, you might um, you typically roll wits or you would add your wit score to your influence score. But if you wanted to influence them physically in some way, like bending an iron bar to show how strong you are and threaten them, um, or um, let's say you wanted to even, I don't know, take a punch to the gut. Uh, take a punch to the gut would be you'd combine metal and influence. And if you wanted to show off your strength, it would be strength plus influence. Uh, if you want to twirl your twirl a dagger menacingly or like chop it between their fingers rapidly, missing each finger, that could be deafness plus influence. So you can find creative ways to mix and match your core values and skills depending on the situation. What kind of threats do you foresee players coming up against in this game? Is it uh, mostly to work avoid the corporations or more supernatural? Uh, Bases for campaign. Yeah. Well, a lot of that's going to depend on the, the director, uh, whether you want to run a corporate espionage game or um, sort of a, a freak of the week where you're doing just monsters every week. I think of that like, you know, Buffy or Angel or X Files or something where you have a, just a different challenge every week. Um, there are about 16 monsters in the book. Some of them are based on, uh, um, some of them are closely related to things you'll see in other role-playing games. There's a vampire type, there's a werewolf type, there's um, a ghost, there's um, a morlock, there's a zombie type, of course. But they all have slightly different twists on them, like the Vampire is not a true vampire. It's a human that's been mutated by the chaos magic that's floating around now. And he thinks he's a vampire. He has fangs, has a, a craving for blood, but the typical tropes of a vampire, like can't cross running water, um, you know, can't go out in the daylight, that sort of thing, don't actually apply. Or they may apply depending on what the director decides, depending how the chaos has mutated this poor human. Um, he may think all those are true and react like those are true. He may start, you know, holding up in his apartment all day and refuse to go out because he thinks the sun is going to kill him. So most of the monsters are mutated humans in some way. There are a few that are monsters from that have gotten pulled through um, these chaos rifts still land on Earth. Uh, but a lot of them are mutated humans. Uh, like the, the ghost is the spirit of the deceased, but it's taken the 
taking electrical form because of all the electricity and sound waves and Wi-Fi and everything that's in the city. It's less spectral and more of an electrical being. So I've tried to give all the monsters a little twist. And there are, I want to say, 25 different um, assets for monsters um, like that the director can use to modify. So make them stronger, faster, smarter, give them different powers, that sort of thing. So you can have a variety of the same type of creature. Just keep your players guessing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, good. That, like you said, you bring it. It's more immune to humans. It uh, brings it, like I said, it ties it back to a realistic world and it's uh, more of an immersive experience, I think. Uh, and I enjoyed the twist that you had on Merlin in here as well. And more supercomputer, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it's. I didn't specify whether this is the first incarnation of Merlin, because a lot of the stories say that he lived backwards through time. Like, maybe this was the first Merlin. He was generated this way and then somehow found a way to go backwards, live backwards in time. I didn't get into that yet. I may do that in a future supplement or just leave it for the director. I tend to, I like to hint at things and, and give little ideas but um, I'm, I've always been a big proponent of leaving a lot to the director or the game master. Well, you officially just blew my mind. So. <laughs> now, it, just based on going through the preview here, it looks like a lot of the work is already done on this in terms of the, the system and a lot of the arts and the layout. Now, granted, it's just in a few pages, but it looks like everything is sort of already in order. Uh, for the Kickstarter backers, what actually... Where are the contributions at that point going to from here? Ah. Um, well, a lot of it is going towards the hardcover, um, the printing, the shipping, the distribution. Uh, of course, there's the Kickstarter fees and the taxes and the Amazon fees. Um, and then, of course, there's the art fee and uh, all the design work. And there's... Uh, most of it, most of it is probably the uh, is the art and the the actual book production. Those are the two main things. I didn't factor in very much for the design because I did most of that myself, so that wasn't much of an issue. I actually put up. Uh, I was just gonna say I actually put up a video today um, on the Kickstarter page. It's not the main video. It's a little further down on the page. Um, but it's a, a quick flip through of all the pages in the book um, as they are currently in the layout. So the video isn't high resolution enough to be a substitute for the book. You couldn't stop every page and read <laughs> and read it and then keep going. Um, and I blurred out the Game Master chapter a little bit because there's some secret information in there that I don't want to just throw out there. Um, but that's, that's a really cool video to look at and get an idea of what's already done and what the book looks like. Yeah, everything that I've seen on the preview just looks gorgeous. And, uh, hopefully, yeah, but when it gets into a hardcover, it'll be as, as beautiful as I would expect it to be <laughs> based on this. Now, you're, um, you've done a lot of work in the industry before. You're an established designer with a lot of uh, industry credits. Why did you decide to go to the Kickstarter routes on this particular project? Well, I had talked to... Uh, 
I have t- been some talks about maybe doing this actually through another company. Um, but the <clears throat> the one company that I was uh, particularly interested in wasn't able to do it immediately. It would have had to go on the back burner for a year um, or longer. And I, I really, you know, I've been, I came up with the idea back in the, the late 90s and then while I was under exclusive contract, I just sort of put it in the back of my head and um, let it noodle around in there as I got more experience. And one thing I like about Kickstarter is that you get to keep creative control of your product, especially if you're like me and you've done, you know, so much of the work yourself. Um, I've gotten some good feedback from a couple people. Um, has been incorporated into the book, but you know the the design and the layout and the writing and everything is like ninety nine point nine percent me. And if I were to hand that over to somebody else, I know that you know changes could be made that you know I don't know about until I get the final book in my hand. And might they might be changes for the better, but they then they might be changes that I just don't approve of. So I like the Kickstarter lets you keep um, keep creative control. That makes sense because um, working in the industry, I'm sure you spend a lot of your time working on other people's ideas and other people's babies, as it were. Whereas if this is yours, you know, it makes sense to do it in an environment where you can see it through the way you want to the whole way. Yeah, I've got there. There are a few products that I I put a lot of work into um, when I was working for Kinsler and Company. Uh, well, I put a lot of work into everything, but there are, there are a few that I, I have more work in than others. And, you know, while I, I'm proud of them and everything, I it's not the same as having your something that you created entirely from scratch. Well, I have one line of questioning left for you here. Are you familiar with the detail test? Uh, I, th- I think I heard that. I think I did hear that in the last episode. <laughs> if you're willing to subject yourself to it. Uh, I, I have a list of terms here for you to uh, uh, we'll get your responses to them if that's okay. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, all right. Again, this is just a list of maybe 15 terms I have here to shout out the first thing that comes up your head. Conspiracy. X. Avalon. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to say Hill. I think these are all going to be companies or uh, <laughs> companies or things I know. But, uh, Legoland. Oh, um, a word didn't spring to mind. I saw a little little Lego figure with a yellow face, um, but a a word didn't pop out at me. I just I sort of I I pictured a, a little Lego figure with a a yellow face because they all have that you know that yellow color scheme. But no, I I didn't get a word on that. It's interesting. Bratwurst. Oh, uh, beer. Bane. Uh, Batman. <laughs> Black Pete. Um, well, I, I was thinking of the name Pete, like Peter. Uh, actually, it makes me think of the the character Weird Pete in the uh, the Knights of the Dinner Table comic. That's. Oh, did I remember that wrong? I'm sorry, I got Black Hand. Okay, that's what I was going for. <laughs> My bad. Uh. Oh, black black hand, black hands, weird beat. I got it mixed up with a black hand in my head, so I wrote down black beat. Yeah, my bad. Okay. 
that's well, that's that's what I thought of anyway. So you, <laughs> it still worked out. Paterfamilias. Oh, I, Harry Potter actually. <laughs> the first thing that first popped into my head. <laughs> Pilgrim. Oh, progress. Mob. Oh, mob as an mob, mobland gangster. Um, I got nothing. Um, I I pictured like Chicago because that's where I live. <laughs> um, but I I don't have a word association on that one. I guess. Huh. Instant replay. Football. Doctor. Who? I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Calamar. Oh, um, I'm not sure which popped into my head first. It was either Kingdom or Setting. They they both kind of jumped out at me. I think the Setting was uh, what popped at me. Volcano. You're you're gonna laugh, but I actually thought of Vulcan, as in Spock. <laughs> Tollway. Uh, here's okay. It's another silly one. Um, I actually, I thought of Tolkien, as in J.R.R. My mind, I don't know how to, the way my mind works sometimes. Okay. Pinkie Pie. Pinkie Pie. I'm gonna have to say Pony on that one because, uh, yeah, my wife and I have been occasionally watching the uh, that new My Little Pony cartoon series. It's it's pretty funny. I wouldn't say I'm a brony, but uh, I have seen it on occasion. It's uh, it's funny. Mordred. Oh, um, well, it's, I suppose it's not a. I'm going to give you what could be a, a secret. I thought the word that popped into my head was Asian, because there is a possibility that. The Mordred reincarnate in my setting is Asian. So, that's all I have. Oh, that was, that was, that was tougher than I expected. Uh, well, thanks for that, though. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, do you remember the address of the Kickstarter off the top of your head? Oh, the, the address is really long. <laughs> um, okay. I wasn't sure if they had short ones. We'll have links in the show notes, of course. So uh, go ahead and go out there and contribute. How long does it last? I think there's another, as of this recording, another 11 days. Is that correct? Yeah, we got from today's recording, we got about another 11 days. Um, it's going to end, if I remember correctly, um, the morning of December the 4th. Um, like probably if it runs for exactly... Um, exactly, the, I believe it was 32 days I said it for, then it would end at 8 a.m. on December 4th. So if you can get in before that, yeah, you'll be able to help fund Corporeo. So there will be a link in the show notes, and then, uh, like I said, go on, check it out, and please consider contributing, because I really want to see this thing in a hard copy form myself. <laughs> yeah, me too. Is there a page where um, beyond the Kickstarter where people can find you or reach out to you or uh, see your work? Um, right now, I have a new website um, called brabblemark.com, and that is mostly just focusing on the Kickstarter right now, and it ha it's going to be set up to link to different places 
um, where I may be selling the PDF um, further down the road. Um, There's not a lot to it right now. If you search for Brabble Mark you'll, on Google, um, you'll also get my blog. That's the name of my blog. And there's a link to it on BrabbleMark.com. Um, so I post a lot of stuff there. B-R-A-B-B-L-E. So again, Mark Clements, thanks for coming on. Uh, this is a very exciting project. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. No problem. Thanks again. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, so that's it, folks. Thanks for listening in on your holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday, if that's what you're into. And I'll check you later. See you in a few somethings when I, the next episode comes out. So thanks for listening. Take care. Don't be that guy. You know the drill. Later. Bye. Bye.